Support for WGLT's Grow comes from FS Custom Turf by Evergreen FS. FS Custom Turf offers complete lawn and tree care services to preserve the health of yards, trees, and shrubs. Products and services detailed at evergreen-fs.com. Welcome to Grow. I'm Sarah Nardi. Garlic, the stinking rose. Some people avoid it, others can't get enough. I myself fall squarely in the latter category. And if you're like me, summer is an exciting time because it means you can get your hands on fresh, locally grown garlic and put it in everything. Today we're speaking with Ken Mishka of Epiphany Farms. Ken is a farmer and a chef, and he's here to tell us all about different varietals of garlic and how to use them. Ken, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And we're joined as ever by Patrick Murphy, horticulturist and known foodie who I would imagine enjoys garlic from time to time. Yeah, and I don't deserve the term foodie. I think that's for people that are epicurean or culinary. I'm what you call a chomp and swallow victim. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. If you put it in front of me, I'm going to give it a give right. it a give it a whirl. You but, called yourself yeah. that, not okay. me. Got it. All right. And can you say garlic is your favorite crop? Why? I love that garlic plays such a, an amazing role as a foundation piece in most of the recipes that we encounter in the kitchen. I also really enjoy that, you know, as the season's winding down in September, I can plant my garlic and, and in a lot of ways start the next year's season at the end of the fall. And I find that really intriguing and fun. And it's nice to know when, you know, when we're hibernating and we're going through winter that I have a really nice foundation bed of garlic that's sleeping and ready to sprout in the spring. Yeah, I bet. Patrick, do you like to eat garlic? I do. Uh, I just, I'm satisfied with it in small doses because I get indigestion from it very easy. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask Chef Ken, is it because I'm preparing it incorrectly? Is there a way that I can put some of your special skills to work in the kitchen to mitigate my heartburn from garlic? You know, it's it's interesting, like garlic and alliums and how they've evolved. But I, I can imagine that it was designed to, um, they were kind of evolved to keep you know, animals from eating them, like herbivores from eating them in the forest or on the edges. And so when we eat the garlic and we we break it and we break that cellular structure, it definitely, it it becomes uh, really, really spicy to us and really, really hard on our digestion. So, and believe it or not, the the sharper your knife and the less of the cell structure that you damage, the less of those sulfur compounds that are released, um, the easier it is to digest. Also, the longer and slower that you cook it will make it a lot sweeter and those compounds that are really hard on your system you know, the spicy compounds that, that kind of tear up your digestion um, will be, you know, sweet and smooth and, and easier to digest. Fascinating. That is fascinating. So you got to up your knife skills game. And Well, and what about baking it? What When you put it in that little tiny terracotta right. thimble in the oven, am I helping myself that way? Because I, I, I find so. it really pleasant that you can just spread that like butter on bread. Yeah, roasted garlic or cone feed garlic where you cook it really, really low and slow in oil or even black garlic where you put it in an old rice cooker at 140 degrees for a month. Like anything that, you know, slowly denatures that product and it becomes sweet and it becomes more complex and it starts to take on like notes of uh, like chocolate and coffee and unique, you know, honey and, and caramel. And those are the notes that I'd rather have. And so a lot of times, you know, it's, it's how do I gently prepare this in a way that will soften it up and make it easier for me to eat. See, it's not over for you. No, I'm grateful for that. At Epiphany Farms, which is located in Downs, how many varietals do you plant? So there was a year in uh, 2012, 2013, where I actually uh, grew, I think, over 75 varietals of garlic. I didn't even know 75 existed. Did you, Patrick? I was... I was curious, too. I was going to say, what are some of your favorite cultivars? But that seems like a pretty uh, oversimplified question. But there's got to be a couple in there. 
Are there a couple cultivars you could throw out there for someone that might want to mimic? Yeah, I mean, um, New York White Music, those are awesome cultivars. There's a Korean Red that's amazing. There's, you know, when you, garlic is, there there are named cultivars and there's several different types of garlic, but at the end of the day, the garlic is an expression of where it's being grown and how it's being cared for. And so the key thing to understand about garlic is where and when it was grown and harvested. In North America, it's going to be grown in the fall through the winter and then harvested in July, usually the first week in July. And it's at that time, the bulbs are the largest, the sweetest, the heaviest, because they have the most water weight. And then they slowly degrade over time as the season progresses. And so shopping for garlic or securing your garlic at the end of July, early August, when it's fresh and you know it's local, is it gives you a, a really advantage uh, when it comes to utilizing it in your recipes and in the kitchen. We started with like 75, 80 varieties. And some varieties we lost due to climate, um, to cultural issues when it came to weeding or, or the way that we planted it. Other varieties we lost just because we confused the tags and we didn't do a good job of, of keeping them. But the thing that we always kept was 20% of the harvest for the next season. So every single year we kept, we kept the best. And when we're harvesting it, we sort it between seed garlic and culinary garlic. All the seed garlic are the perfect heads that have no imperfections, no insect damage, no blemishes. They're perfect. And we hope that we get at least 20% of our plot of that so that we can replace and grow the same amount of garlic the next season. The rest of them we ship to the restaurants or we sell to guests or our CSA and we're able to utilize those in our recipes and, and cook with them and make all these magical things with them including the black garlic that I was talking about. So you mentioned black garlic and that's a fermented garlic, right? It's not? It's what not. is it? I know. I used to think that too because okay. everyone, I think when we first start learning about ferment, fermentation yeah. and we, we see all the different types of crops and things that can change and transform. Um, garlic, and I was, Tara Brockman actually got me on this one. She's like, no, 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 it's not fermented. It's slowly roasted. It's basically oh, a long, low okay. caramelization process. And chefs all over the world now have taken this concept of this like really, really low and slow, gentle cook and applied it to other things. And so you can do it to leeks, you can do it to onions, you can do it to ramps, you can do it to so many things. Um, but just the garlic is what's so special um, when it's turned into that, that black garlic. Because it just pulls out all that sweetness, right? The, the sweetness, I think, develops over time as the, I'm not, I don't know this scientifically, but what I see happening is there's a loss of moisture. Um, there's a really low, low and slow cook. So at first, the when you open up the rice cooker, it's pungent. Um, the sulfur stings your eyes and it's really, really moist. It's blonde. It's still hard. And then every week when we open that up, we fan it to get some of the excess moisture out of there oh. and inspect it. It gets a little darker, a little sweeter. By the fourth or fifth week, you open it up and it's literally like the smell of caramel. And you pop open the warm clothes and they have the consistency of a caramel, soft caramel paste. And when you eat them, there's no harsh indigestion or, or anything that's going on. It's it's like a dessert. I don't know. It's There's a lot of things in other cultures that talk about how much nutritional benefits garlic has. But when you do this, supposedly, it's really, really good for you and delicious. See, Patrick, you can blacken your own garlic. Man, that is just fascinating. I, and uh, now I'm dying to know, out of all of the kinds of garlic that you're cultivating, are there any that you would suggest as a good candidate for the edible landscape trend that's very fashionable these days? I think my favorite thing that kind of grows in an edible landscape would be like the Egyptian walking onions. Egyptian walking onions and some other alliums, not necessarily just garlic. Um, if we're going to grow garlic for its head, we, we definitely don't want any competition around it. Um, we want to make sure that we get the scape that shoots uh, the last week in May. We want to cut that scape off, and we want all the nutrition to go to that bulb. So when we harvest that bulb in, in late June, I mean, or late July, um, it, it's, it's really pristine and perfect. 
And when, it, when we're doing things like in a more of a permaculture and edible landscape, I like to do other types of volumes that can easily, you know, kind of like dance and move throughout throughout the crops and, and be at the base of the trees, just like we find them in the wild. And so I like to do Egyptian walking onions and then other types of volumes that are prized for their seed head and the flower that they produce. The nice big um, seed clusters and flowers that come from allium are edible and uh, chefs find them very attractive and I love to put those blossoms with things like caramelized onions and steak or a ribeye or a roasted pork shoulder, something like that that's really robust and rich. Um, that onion tends to, to cut it not only visually but also um, on, the, on the flavor side of things. All right, and I'm going to wrap up our conversation here by throwing this out there. Did you know that for millennia, garlic has been used as an aphrodisiac? Man, we didn't cover that on our I know. <laughs> we missed that opportunity. Oh, Doesn't no it seem like a it. little bit counterintuitive? Like, have you ever been out on a date? And when you're, maybe it's a first date, maybe it's early in the game, and you, you tailor your ordering at the restaurant around it. So you're like, I'm not going to blow myself up with garlic. Yeah, right. And then proceed into the rest of this, right? Right, right, so. right. I don't know. All right. Well, if you have any questions about the gardener landscape, get in touch and Patrick Murphy will answer. I'm Sarah Nardi. Send your questions to WGLT.org slash grow.